3: ladies and gentlemen march has arrived and we're only a few weeks away from the big tournament yes that tournament make sure to head on over to bet online and open an account today to get in on their one hundred thousand dollar bracket madness contest starting march 15. that's right i said one hundred thousand and march 15. you don't need to be a hardcore player to get involved in the action with multiple entries available it's the season's best chance to cash in and remember the nba and the xfl are still going strong so whatever your passion is bet online is the place for all your sports betting needs visit our good friends and exclusive partner bet online to take advantage off of the best bonuses in the business sign up for a free account and make sure you use that promo code blue wire all one word for your 50 percent sign up bonus once again that promo code is blue wire all one word 50 percent on your initial sign off bonus, bet online. Your online sportsbook experts.
0: Mahomes has the time, delivers perfectly downfield, touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a rope! This one out, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. catch. It.
3: Hey, everyone, welcome back to RotoViz Overtime on RotoViz Radio, brought to you by betonline.ag. My name, once again, is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at OvertimeR and joined, as always, by one of the co owners at RotoViz, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, we are uh, heading into the weekend. This weekend, probably a little bit more relaxed than last weekend with uh, the combine and everything in the, the rear view window. Um, how's things as we, as we move along here in the, the offseason process?
1: fantastic and uh, you know even though the combine now is starting to move away a little bit we're going to talk about that a little bit more talk about the impact that it's having in a couple of key areas look at some best ball adp moves and then talk about how these wide receivers might fit some comps before the combine some new comps after the combine use a couple of cool Rotoviz tools to give you a, a sense of who their most similar players are and what you can expect from them so uh, should be a fun weekend but should be a fun show before that
3: yeah definitely definitely looking forward to this one as you mentioned there uh looking true a lot of uh, stuff like you know obviously the combine you wait for it you can make some predictions but you almost think like well the combine's over so that's all in the the past but what really happens is now we have all the data and we can really start to dive into these prospects even more so we can dive into them based on the college production but now we have kind of comparisons to be able to to pit them against in terms of what we think so really the the work really starts after the combine sean do you think in terms of uh, once we get this data to to really dive in deep
1: i think it does and i think that now is probably the best time of the year if you want to beat draft position or get some bargains where players are rising but now we have a little bit more of a sense of where they're probably going to end up you know how athletic the player is how that's going to affect their draft position we know that the speed tends to be overdrafted but being overdrafted is very very helpful and then it leads to more early opportunity certainly in best ball drafts a lot of these running backs before the nfl draft have uh, are just extreme bargains and then they go screaming up so you want to draft as many of these rookies as you can in that time period we say that but we also have to track what the actual adp is the more people who know each year that running backs tend to be a value at this time period rookie running backs and buy them up the less that inefficiency is going to continue to exist so we want to really make sure that we track these best ball adps and see where the values are and that's what we're going to look at today with a couple of guys talking about some of their predictions i made last week in terms of where these guys were going to go where they're going now and then i'll ask you which guys you like and what the best values you see are who you're loading up on in your drafts today
3: yeah, so when you look at it, you mentioned there, like it is kind of an edge. You know, we talk about the baseball edges uh, on the other shows over the last couple of weeks for the listeners who have been checking out the shows, and it's definitely an edge in terms of that rookie. You know, the the fever really drives up from now, and it continues to grow and grow and grow until we get to week one of the NFL season. So when you're in there now, you can you can really gain an edge of a couple of rounds on a lot of these players. So it's, uh, it's always an interesting one to look at. So when we look at the, the first set of players, Sean, using the FFPC ADP tracking uh, up on the the road of his website, using one of the tools in terms of checking best ball ADP, uh, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, and Jonathan Taylor have all had uh, increases um, over the last couple of weeks. It's been a pretty steady incline for all three guys, but obviously after the the performance of Jonathan Taylor, over the, the the last week at the combine he's seen the most uh you know dynamic jump in terms of going from kind of and he's almost gone from that third third spot to first spot in terms of, of those two guys and that's from january to now but uh over the last week gone from the second uh, in terms of adp uh ahead and now has has gone ahead of deandre swift quite quite a large jump over the the last week really what you would kind of expect to see with the other guys staying steady and him taking the jump up kind of what we talked about on the show earlier this week where a lot of the prospects that we thought would do well did quite well um so we're not seeing a, a real drop off and any of these three guys with the, the spike there from taylor and you know i, I really don't think there's a huge surprise there to you
1: I don't. And this is what we expected. We thought that he would perform well, and we thought that would lead to a big jump in his ADP. He started, as you mentioned, with these first drafts that happened in the end of January, down at almost 60 in terms of an average, went outside the top 60 picks a handful of times, climbed through February to where he was in the mid 40s. And during that time period, we saw Swift uh, just inside. The top 40 picks certainly frequently going uh, inside, occasionally much, much higher. Not as many of those extremely high picks for Taylor. But then up into last weekend, we were seeing them uh, almost at identical levels. And then with the combine, uh, Taylor has jumped ahead. He's now going as the number one rookie off the board. Uh, Swift staying about the same. I thought we might see a little bit of a fall, not necessarily uh, with disappointment in his performance, but just uh, some of the people who are willing to take rookie running backs, maybe moving to some of the sleepers a little bit later. Obviously, you can take both guys if you want. In looking at this last week and comparing it to the 2019 numbers for Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, we suggested that these guys were probably values and that they would probably continue higher with swift performing solidly with Dobbins not running some of the uh, drills and with Taylor vastly outperforming do you think he's going to continue to run could we see something uh, like we saw with Barkley really being a first round pick immediately as a rookie one of the things that I was looking at from the combine in terms of what kind of boost it would give him was any sort of sense that he might now be not just a first round pick but even a top 10 pick back at this time period when christian mccaffrey was going through the draft process there were a number of mocks that had him in that first second turn area and obviously we know what happened he jumped all the way up the panthers took him in the top 10 picks it's been my hope for Taylor and my thought that we might see him rise all the way from mid-second round to a top 10 pick if things broke properly. And then obviously that would put him uh, much more in the position than to be a first or a second round pick in best ball in redraft. Is there any chance that we're going to see him continue to rise to that point?
3: I think there's a chance that we will see it now it's how high does it get does it get to that level i think you know probably uh depending on landing spot i think you know second late second early third round is probably the spot that he'll end up in but you know depending if he lands with the right team we could really see it spike up into that kind of back end of the, the first round i think it would take a lot it would take an exact you know a uh, perfect landing spot for that to occur to like as you've mentioned a couple of times to somebody like the Chiefs I think if that happens I think he's you know back into the first round pick but do you think that might be something that uh, unless he went to somebody like the Chiefs kind of impossible I, I probably see him back into the second round early third round is probably the the ideal kind of ADP if I was projecting at the moment
1: I think he has a chance to be a solid second round pick. The first round is probably a little bit high even though we have mentioned where Taylor fits as a prospect. We talk about that on Tuesday's show that he is now the number one prospect for the time period that we're looking at in the running back prospect lab. That doesn't mean that as a rookie, you're going to have the exact right situation. You even look at Christian McCaffrey where he was splitting touches there as a rookie, once he moved in the top 10. And when you look at the teams in the top 10, there's not necessarily a team that jumps out to you and says, okay, if he lands here, uh, number one, that, that it really makes sense for them to pick him. And then number two, that if he lands there, he would jump into that first round. I continue to dream about the Chiefs as that landing spot. I think that would potentially put him on that first, second round borderline. At the same time, I just it's hard to see the Dolphins passing on him the number of times they would have to for him to land with the Chiefs. So uh, that that maybe is a little bit more of a pipe dream. Certainly, I had Christian McCaffrey pegged to the Chiefs in that draft, and again, again, that didn't happen for similar reasons. So uh, we probably don't have that dream any longer. Moving on to this second tier, and the second tier also very interesting there with Dylan, Akers, Edwards, Hilaire, Vaughn, and Moss. Uh, The one thing that we predicted last week is that AJ Dylan would have a good combine and would jump from outside the top 300, which seemed insane, to inside the top 200. Even just in a matter of days, he has climbed up into that range. We talked about his impressive combine and his uh, impressive running back prospect lab on tuesday so the guy that i would like to get your take on is someone a little bit different cam acres of 447 people were not necessarily expecting him to be that fast and by uh, people i guess i would say uh, mock drafters the fantasy community may be a little bit higher he was the top guy here so the fourth running back overall but just inside the top 100 picks He's risen just slightly over the past couple of days, which I guess I'm a little bit surprised about. I think Akers could go a lot higher over the next month. Is he someone you'll be targeting, or is there a different back in this group that you're more interested in?
3: i think as you mentioned there there's going to be it's going to be interesting to see just how much dylan continues to rise i think he's going to rise quite a bit but acres might end up being the value because i think dylan might push himself you know above that spot that he currently is and may start to to push into that range where acres currently is and i think that would make acres a value then at that point you know the the 40 yard dash that he had 4.47 wasn't obviously the most impressive uh you know overall but it was the fifth among running backs it it isn't a a real you know terrible terrible performance you know there's still a lot of running backs who will have a a good run so I, i think it's a good run for him um i don't know if he was expected to do any better than that I, I think that the concern is if he had been like a four six or a four five five and i know that you're only getting into hundreds of a second but um i think that would have been a major concern but his college production i think has you know shown that there, there's quite a bit there 2019 he had the 14 touchdowns and five yards per carry was the average so the other thing that i thought was was quite good is he had had four four touchdowns through the air and uh, 30 passes so i think looking at what his combine was i think he fits into that range that we've i've talked about a few times sean where he probably did enough where he kept himself where maybe he was expected to be didn't do anything that really is going to you know push him up those adp ranks at the moment i think we'll see what happens at like pro days and landing spots and things like that but i i think uh, like I, I haven't had a huge amount that would make me uh, concerned about acres obviously the faster the, the 40 the better but um, I think there was enough there to, to still have positivity for him moving forward so definitely still a running back that I'm that I'm interested in do, do you were you concerned over that you know the the performance of the combine anything there that concerned you or do you, do you have a similar opinion
1: no I, I like to see that we the obviously the faster the better and all of this is on a spectrum but you look at the four or five and some of the research has demonstrated that that can be a little bit of a soft threshold in terms of a breaking point for a success or not success at the nfl level when you see a guy at 217 pounds run faster than that uh, and put himself into you know say the the dalvin cook sort of range there you look at his comps that now pop up on the box score scout and he's got you know a number of encouraging names there he was the number one high school recruit in the country played at florida state at during a time period where their program collapsed and you contrast that with what you know we see with the lsu uh sleeper to superstar uh, transition for their runner obviously his combine not nearly as strong with the four six zach moss sort of the uh, combo back maybe the david montgomery in some ways of this draft where uh a tackle breaking back who also catches passes his time in the four sixes both of those guys uh, very good chances to go ahead of acres before the combine i don't know that you drop them down multiple rounds or anything like that uh, in reality but certainly i think that he solidified himself above that and we've heard people talking about him now as a threat to those backs in the top tier behind taylor so i think when you look at acre's Times, his production, his size, all of those things within the context of the history there with what he did at Florida State, I think he's a, a pretty exciting player. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being one of those guys where there is one of those teams out there who really believes in him, grabs him up earlier than people expect. So uh this ADP that he's currently sitting at, I think is is an easy dream selection. I think we're gonna see him go another 20-30 spots higher as the offseason progresses.
3: Yeah and I think you know Sean we we've had the you know the dream scenario of the the Chiefs and uh Jonathan Taylor for example but you know realistically he's probably as you mentioned with the Dolphins he's you know he's probably going to end up somewhere else uh who's going to be going ahead of one of those playoff kind of teams that are going to be a little bit more high powered in terms of their offensive production these are the kind of guys like an AJ Dillon or a Camaker who could fall into those positions um and, and that's that's what makes me very intrigued about these because i mentioned about the possibility of the jump for somebody like jonathan taylor to continue to rise there's no doubt one of these guys uh you know lands with one of those teams uh, that are in that kind of range say picking anywhere on I suppose suppose you know 23 24 and then it falls to the second or third round and you can slot one of these guys who are potentially still there at that point i think that really uh, gives a dramatic spike to adp so if you're drafting before the combine i think these guys are definitely or before the draft sorry these guys are definitely worth taking those shots on because Mm -hmm. after the draft depending on landing spot i think some of these guys are going to are going to spike into that top 100 and beyond in terms of adp Um, When we looked then sean at the the wide receivers some of the comparisons uh through some of the players that um have had had obviously the, the combines this week and post post and pre comp kinda uh you know comparisons. Is there any in particular that you want to highlight? The one that I wanted to highlight is uh Laviska uh Chernott in terms of before the combine, after the combine, both of those get both of his comparisons are AJ Brown. Uh, at six foot, um, you know, in terms of uh, 227 pound. He fits into that range that I love to go for in terms of a, a solid size uh, in terms of height, but a uh, nice size in terms of uh, the body uh, and the, the the body to be able to, to work and, you know, and, and press coverage and things like that there. So he, he's somebody who really interests me. And I thought uh, his combine performance was pr- pretty, pretty damn impressive. And the part that um, you know as interesting as that there's reports coming out over the last kind of 24 48 hours that he's going to have uh, you know core surgery or, or some form of hernia surgery and um, putting him out for maybe the next kind of four weeks or so so it'll be interesting to see how that affects his pro days uh, if he can uh, you know do do the activities of those and how then that affects his potential draft stock but he he's somebody who i i'm i'm quite intrigued by uh, is he somebody who interests interests you or is he is, is there a couple of these other guys obviously there's the top end real real top end guys here um who, who are obviously probably more intriguing but i out, out of the rest outside of those kind of top two would he be would he be a guy of interest
1: he's number three for me and i think that as you mentioned it really does all come down to his health and these off-season surgeries how quickly he can recover from them what he's able to do for teams and how that impacts his draft position if he's drafted into the range where you would expect him to get rookie opportunities i think he could come out and compete and do things for a team right away certainly when you pull him up in The combine explorer even though he wasn't able to do most of the drills because of the different maladies that that we've referenced he still comes in with that four five eight forty uh probably not nearly a hundred percent in running that but his comps aj brown Nikhil harry uh juju smith schuster and when you look then at his production you also have reasons to believe that he could fit into that group uh anquan bolden is a name that always pops into my head when i think about Some of the things that uh, this guy did at Colorado, Uh, certainly we talk about things that project well to the NFL and all of those rushing touches and rushing touchdowns are encouraging signs. Uh, This is really the guy, I think, who is the wild card in this group where perhaps even more than the two big names, he has superstardom in his range of outcomes. But with the health, you obviously have some pretty big red flags there talk about some other guys with their comps and what we did with the combine preview last week was give some pre-combine comps and then i want to talk about some potential post-combine comps and we'll talk about both comps that include production and then also bring up uh, some results from the combine explorer which are purely looking at size and athleticism but we had rager with christian kirk both going into and coming out of the combine we had uh, Brandon Ayuk with Jeremy Macklin going in Michael Gallup coming out Justin Jefferson even though he actually had a, a nice combine uh, his comp moves from DeAndre Hopkins to Robert Woods certainly uh, Woods not a name that you're going to completely scoff out there. I think for T Higgins, the concern is that Laquan Treadwell was his comp going in, coming out. His two top comps are Treadwell and Cody Latimer. Now, again, those guys were not terrible prospects. They're simply two guys who ended up coming in toward the bottom of what their range of outcomes happened to be. At the same time, I, I think if you're a T Higgins owner uh, in Devi or someone that you're looking to, to grab you know, late in the first round of your rookie draft. Maybe those names give you a little bit of pause, but perhaps the most interesting ones here. And it gives you a sense, I think, of how much draft position matters and then how tricky it is to determine how to evaluate a couple of these guys who had to compete with elite teammates, right? Obviously, we're talking about the two big time names there in cd lamb and jerry judy and so looking at them we had watkins for lamb we had beckham for judy going into the combine and then coming out the name that really pops up as the top guy for both of them is nelson aguilar now again they still have those other guys within that group of comps and we want to look at terms of the comps in terms of a range of outcomes Uh, but aguilar a guy maybe that doesn't Excite you when you're thinking about these two guys going, you know, possibly both in the top ten picks in the NFL draft, possibly or almost certainly in the top five picks of 2020 rookie drafts. Does any of that give you pause? And then looking here at some of the guys that we have uh, purely as size, speed, uh, other drill, you know, vertical leap, uh, etc. Comps from the Combine Explorer for lamb We have Tyler Boyd and Robert Woods as really the two most successful players from his group. For Judy, we have uh, Stefan Diggs, Kenny Stills, Steve Breston, and then again, Woods a little bit lower. I think the Diggs comparison there is, is actually very intriguing in terms of some of the similarities even in their game with that elite stop-start ability and the ability to separate despite having 4-4 four four speed as opposed to 4-3 speed. Thoughts that you have on, on where those guys are sitting now that we uh, have moved through the Combine?
3: Pretty similar. I just had a thought that came into my head just when you were talking about T. Higgins and you mentioned Cody Latimer. Um, you were talking about uh, you know the the thoughts on Latimer coming into the league. I know I had a a hell of a lot of shares as a as a Denver Bronco. The hype was around Peyton Manning and the amount of touchdowns he was going to throw and how many could Cody Latimer catch. Uh, was Latimer one of one of the guys that you were heavily invested in back in the day, Sean?
1: Uh he was not. That uh, someone who usually <laughs> came in just. Uh, and again, it's not that I was way off of him, but there were other players that I liked a little better in that range. You would see him go in the same kind of place as an Allen Robinson, a guy we liked a lot better. Uh, fortunately, I, I dodged most of those Latimer shares. But again, someone who had some real positives, some concerning red flags, not really the elite prospect that he was being... Uh, described as in some circles but again not a bad prospect someone who clearly, clearly could have had their career go in a slightly better way uh you know if, if things had broken just a little bit differently
3: yeah definitely no it's just uh, it's, sometimes it's funny when when we see these comparisons players that you maybe haven't thought about in many years and then they they pop up as a comparison it's always uh always funny to look back in time as well uh, when you mentioned the guys here like cd lamb and jerry judah you know very exciting prospects obviously the, as you mentioned the the Aguilar comparison like Aguilar is you know he's one hell of an athlete when it comes to that it's just that everything doesn't always click for him uh when, when he's on when he's on the field in particular uh, but those two guys I think are are still I think are still clearly the the two guys at the top here um we, we mentioned uh Lavasca um you know a couple of moments ago I think he's third then in terms of uh, you mentioned that as well but I think the two guys at the top are, are you know they, they haven't done anything to affect that status uh, the comparisons that are interesting as you mentioned i think judy judy's uh are, are very very um very fair in terms of like what you would have expected sometimes these pop up some differences i think what his has popped up is the the players that really come to mind when you think of his skill set um so so i think it you know that, that his comparisons would fill me with a little bit more confidence than lambs but lamb does have the the comparison there with tyler uh tyler boyd um who obviously we both are big fans of but uh, going purely off comparisons and um, based on based on what happened over the, the last uh, couple of weeks I, I would be leaning uh still towards uh, judy as the the top wide receiver out of, out of the group um uh, did did the combine change your thoughts on those two guys? Did you did you shuffle anything around in terms of, of the rankings of the rookie wide receivers for the top? Uh, I assume they're still, they're your top two, Sean?
1: They are, and I, I don't have any changes. You always would like to have seen them run a 4-4 four, four flat with a 39-inch vertical and to have participated in some of the agility drills and really blow those away that isn't what happened but it's also not what we expected when you watch these guys their game isn't necessarily predicated on the elite speed the elite athleticism the question that i would have for you and for you know listeners drafters if you got tyler boyd production from cd lamb and certainly if you got it earlier obviously uh, sitting through those first two seasons for boyd is not what you wanted but if you got the current boyd for lamb you know would you feel good about that or would you be disappointed if you got stefan diggs for judy would you feel good about that Or would you be disappointed? I think that, you know, again, the digs comparison is perfect. I think that Liam has a little bit more playmaking ability than, say, a Boyd or a Woods. You watch him and his ability to make the catches in traffic is, is just absolutely crazy. And his ability to run after the catch, despite not having the elite athleticism i mean he tested as a very normal athlete which isn't a criticism a very normal nfl athlete uh is someone that you know us us normal mortals can't uh, you know really fathom but uh someone who on the field looks like an electric playmaker and not necessarily a possession guy so You know, it's, I think it's a little bit about managing expectations. If you think you're going to get a Julio Jones or a player like that, then you're probably going to be disappointed. If you think you're going to get a very solid, uh, maybe low end wide receiver one by their second year in the league, which, you know, who can't use another wide receiver one in fantasy, then I, I think that you're maybe more in the right range. Another guy here who threw up some very interesting comps specifically in. The Combine Explorer, someone I was a little bit disappointed in his 40, but did some other interesting things, and that would be Jalen Rager. His 44740 at 5'11 and 206 pounds, I thought was maybe one of the more disappointing ones he's someone who struggled with quarterback play at TCU but you see him out there running by the defense constantly thought he might be more in the 4-3 range however he comes back with a 42 inch vertical a 138 inch broad and that puts him with comps like DJ Moore, Debo Samuel and if you got a player like that from him I think he would be ecstatic
3: i think you you would and you mentioned that you know if you got somebody like a uh, tyler boyd in terms of his production i think out of any of these guys you'd be you'd be super uh, happy as you mentioned it's not always easy to sit through those first couple of seasons uh to to wait for that that breakout come year three but wh- when you look when you look at him um you know the comps are, are phenomenal um you didn't mention as well sterling Shepard does crop in there and sterling Shepard has been a, a very productive nfl wide receiver when healthy and that, that's a key again um, you know what the concussions and the issues he's had, um, but but I think that there's a, a huge amount of uh, you know positivity to take from the other two young wide receivers that are in there. Debo Samuel, who had a had a great had a great rookie season. I think that the rookie season could have been even better with more targets hopefully those targets will come as this offense continues to grow but uh, i'm not 100 confident that that will occur uh, i've no doubts in his ability but the the offense is causing me some concern uh, the problem with it is is when you look at uh, some of the other comps there's uh you know there's other names in it where you say well, those guys had a bit of a, a good season here or there. When you look down through the, the comps for for Rager, it really is those three guys, and there's not a huge amount else uh, going on around that. Um, you know, another name that I haven't seen for a while was Malcolm Mitchell. He pops up in this, but obviously, uh, you know, a disappointing comparison. We've had a few of the 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 wide receivers that have busted over the last couple of years on this week's show i guess this is a good time to bring up josh and fits in there as well as a comp but uh, the, the dj Moore, debo samuel uh, definitely gives you uh gives you some if you if you are a a rager fan uh will will give you some uh, you know nice feelings
1: inside and one of the things that you mentioned there and it's important to keep in mind and i think the combine explorer really helps with is this idea of understanding who the athletic comps are, but also then the very big role that production does play. Because one of the things that the Common Explorer does is it brings these top 20 comps, the 20 closest athletic comps, and most of the names are not NFL-relevant names right so if someone is purely doing their scouting in terms of athleticism then they're going to end up with all of these guys who are not relevant or they're simply cherry picking out the couple of names that are relevant and saying the guy could be like this it, that's only the case if the person is also productive like those players are but you know a couple of other names that that pop up here that you didn't mention carlos henderson Tawan taylor one of the things that's actually sort of interesting about Rager's comps is that actually brings up a lot of guys who were drafted and we're given some opportunity and so especially when you have those names at the top actually it's a plus more than a minus to see a lot of nfl draftees in his grouping there so again someone else to keep an eye on and uh, i think for him a little bit like we talked about with rugs on tuesday is that landing spot will be very important i think that he could break out in a big way if he goes into an offense that can use his capabilities uh, if not it could be a little bit more frustration like we talked about with some of these names who didn't pan out
3: Absolutely, absolutely. So it's going to, going to be interesting. We'll be talking a lot more about the the rookies uh, as they get ready for the draft over the next couple of weeks. We'll be looking at maybe some landing spots and much, much more. As Sean mentioned uh, earlier this week on the first show, the the draft guide, uh, you know, the the Dynasty Command Center draft uh, guide will be getting updated. The second edition will be coming out very, very shortly. So if you haven't already signed up, and if you have signed up you know you've, you have something nice to look forward to over the next uh, week or so but if you haven't signed up you can head on over do that over at the road of his website to get your edition when it goes live uh, and with that that's going to do it for today's show as i mentioned as always make sure you're subscribed on all your favorite platforms to listen to podcasts uh so you get the show as soon as possible My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over Tomorrowland, once again joined by Sean Siegel. Make sure you're checking out all Sean's phenomenal work up on the RotoBiz website. So until we're back with another show, this time next week, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Roto-Biz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at RhodevesRadio at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at Roto-Biz Radio. And remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Roto-Biz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash
0: podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history.